I'm my own worst enemy in terms of like anxiety and stress. How do I find more business? How do I, you know, do my pricing? How do I find better clients? How do I find bigger clients? Did I make the sale? Did I lose the sale? Payroll, cash flow. So for me, it's like, how do I get to the next step? We see all these agencies growing and hiring. And then you just sit back and you're like, we're three people. And we're trying to, you know, at the time, sell a website more than $3,000. So it's not something I was ever able really to turn off in the early days. A very warm welcome to episode four of the Press Forward podcast from WP and Up. Although it's still early days, it's been great to hear the feedback that you've provided about the subjects that we've covered thus far. We hope that you'll find the topics that we cover to be both informative and useful. They may be something that you've had personal experience with, and perhaps we'll cover areas that you'd like some help with. WP and Up is a charity in the WordPress space with a mission to support our community. Our help is freely available at wpandup.org or you can call plus four four two zero three three two two one zero eight zero. The support is structured into four hubs. They are mental health, physical health, skills health and business health. We know that admitting that we need help and support can sometimes be a real challenge. Many people like to carry on and assume that things will just get better by themselves. We're here to support you when you feel that you need a helping hand. Reach out to us and see how WP and Op can help you. The sharing of stories can be so useful and today we're going to share stories from two people, Laura and Matt. Their stories touch on completely different topics, but they have a common purpose. To make you aware that you're not alone, and that there are people out there who are going through the same things that you are. It's about shining a light on subjects that are often kept in the dark. Making things public and sharing your experience can really have an impact upon other people. If you think that you'd like to share your story on the podcast, then please visit wpandop.org forward slash contact. So first up, we're going to hear from Laura. She's from the UK and has been dealing with anxiety and panic attacks. I came across Laura from a video that I'd watched from WordCamp Europe. In that video, she very candidly explained what caused her to have panic attacks and how she managed them. So this is a trigger warning, that we will be talking about anxiety and recovery. If you are impacted by these subjects, you can skip this section, which is roughly six minutes in length. I started by asking Laura to explain the background to her panic attacks, how they started, and how they affected her ability to work. So in early 2017, I was signed off work for a period of four weeks in total um, with severe anxiety. Prior to those four weeks I had off, I, I wasn't sleeping. I was having lots of panic attacks. wasn't really sure what the, like, why this was happening or if there was a specific thing at work or at home that was causing this. 
So I went to the doctors, they prescribed me some of some anti um, anxiety medication, long period of time off work, which I was ordered to relax. Also referred me to Mind, who is another mental health charity, who would be able to work with me in getting myself back to work and not feeling anxious about the fact that I'd had this time off, which is quite a key point. Um, where the type of anxiety that I uh, suffer with is generalised anxiety, that some of the things that bother me are, you know, am I doing enough at work or, um, you know, am I working, am I, is the work I'm doing being seen and all of that sort of thing. So to then have time off, I, I, was, I think the doctor could see my face was like, oh no, you know, <laughs> this isn't going to help because I'm not doing things and <laughs> am I going to get in trouble for that? So, the, yeah, it was really good to work with that charity. Um, and what this time off did was really make, it gave me time to reflect on how I was looking after myself or how I wasn't looking after myself, evidently. So I started reading a lot more into anxiety and what you can do, like practices you can do every day to kind of help it. And it gave me the opportunity to really sort of turn turn my life around how I saw this it was no longer a massive drain on me it changed into being almost like a puzzle you know when I um uh, I started to talk about it in my talk at WordCamp Europe but I, I do this exercise where I list the things that are making me anxious and then I try and find a solution to those not a solution but you know a way of making that a bit easier for myself turning it on its head and sort of looking at it like that has really really helped me and since those four weeks off I'm not going to say I haven't ever been anxious ever again it was you know it's not about life changing but I have learned to manage it in a way that isn't it doesn't drain me anymore I look at it as like small problems that break it up and I find solutions to it and it's actually got a really nice sense of achievement in doing that (laughs) Someone mentioned it somewhere on the internet. I don't even know what I was looking at. Um, it talked about keeping this like a kind of worry diary. There's no one, you know, one size fits all. Sort of, you have to do what's right for you. For me, that really, really worked. And but just the process of writing it down almost felt like it was like coming out of my head then, and it's somewhere else. And you know, I know what I'm going to do with it. I know I will find a way of making it easier for myself and it almost satisfied my anxious brain into me doing something about it. I am what you would have described as like a a worried child. (laughs) As a child I worried about everything. I was like in school reports and stuff you know the term that was used to describe me throughout was like very conscientious like meaning I really thought about things and that's really a good thing because <laughs> I would overthink things and I think before um it's probably only in the last less than 10 years I'd say maybe sort of five ish that I've realized what it is and before that it was a lot it was a lot harder because it would impact what I did on a day-to-day basis little things like going out to see a friend that evening and if I was having a particularly bad day with feeling I mean, I wouldn't know it was anxiety. I just felt like, oh, I just don't, I just don't want to do it. I just don't feel like I can do it. I didn't feel like that was a good enough reason to give to a, you know, a friend who actually, do, you know, I do like, do want to see. You know, there's this just weird feeling of just not wanting to do it. Really strong to the point where I'd, 
like, oh, you know, I've got flu, or I've got, you know, bad tummy ache or something. You know, I feel like I just lie. And it's always been there. But as I said, it's probably only really in the last sort of, uh, maybe five to seven years that I've given it a name. That in itself was quite a relief. It's like, oh, it's no longer this weird thing that, you know, takes over my head sometimes and I don't know what to do about. Now, as soon as you give it a name, it's always like, oh, okay, well, there's things you can do about that. Uh, Starting to say that, I opened up more conversations with friends who were also um, experiencing, like, anxiety or depression who, again, haven't spoken about it. And it gave them, it's like, oh, actually, I... I feel like that's sometimes too. And then so my support network then just grew instantly just by me talking, you know, mentioning it to friends. It's it's just really nice now. If I'm never ever not feeling like doing something, I can just say, you know what, not feeling up to it or you know, my anxiety is quite bad today. Do you mind if I, you know, we reschedule to next week or something? And the reaction is always absolutely no problem. Take care of yourself, you know, let me know if you need anything. It's it's really, really nice. To give you some context about WP and Up, we've already provided nearly 800 hours of mentorship and over 3,300 hours have been donated by the many people who are now volunteering for WP and Up. So we are very serious about supporting the WordPress community, but we're just getting started. If you'd like to help WP and Up financially, then please visit wpandop.org forward slash give. If you would like to get involved in WP and Up, then please visit wpandop.org forward slash contact, or look for the social links in the footer of the website. For WP and Up to carry out its work, we need your support. That could be just listening to this podcast or perhaps donating your time or your money. Sponsorship is also an option, and sponsoring WP and Up is a cool thing to do. You'll be supporting the important work that we're undertaking, and you can be featured on the podcast, like this. The Press Forward podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks. Green Geeks offers an awesome managed web hosting platform that's built for speed, security, and scalability, whilst being environmentally friendly. Enjoy a better web hosting experience for your WordPress website, backed by 24-7 expert support. The second story today comes from Matt. Matt is a well-known voice in the WordPress world. He's been a blogger, agency owner, plugin founder, and an employee in his time. Today we have a wide-ranging conversation about his experiences in all of the different roles that he's had. We cover a lot of ground, from his thoughts on overexposure to social media, to how working alone affects him and his family. We start, though, with a recollection of a moment in the past where he experienced a panic attack. So this is a trigger warning that we will be talking about anxiety and recovery. Although much of Matt's story is not related to this subject, if you are impacted by this subject, you can skip this section, which is roughly 30 minutes in length. I asked Matt about this experience and what was happening in his life at this time. I can remember 
probably about, well, I want to say maybe six or seven years ago, going through, you know, a lot with, you know, back then starting my business and just really trying to get my footing in, in all of that and going through, a you know, an actual, if we're going to go uh, pretty open here, going through a, a pretty rough breakup actually many years ago. And, and I remember being out one night and I had a roommate uh, at, that uh, I owned a house. So I had a roommate and I was out to dinner by myself. It was just, you know, after work, I, I went out to, to grab some sushi. And I remember vividly like sitting at the at the countertop at the bar at the sushi place and just having some sushi. And I think I had a beer or whatever. I remember just like my breathing, just getting super tough, right? It was very difficult to breathe. I, I was starting like the music was sort of like fading in the background. I remember like something's just not right <laughs> with what's happening with me right now. You know, I remember paying the, I don't even know if I paid the bill. Uh, I think I do remember leaving some money and just leaving. I'm like, I, I actually have to, I think I have to go to a hospital. And I was about 15 minutes away from my house and I was driving down the highway and I texted my, sent a text message to my roommate and I was like, hey, I think I need you to meet me outside and take me to the hospital because like I have never felt this way before and shortness of breath and sort of dizziness. So, you know, he was like, all right, man, I'll meet you outside. And so he took me to the hospital and sure enough, it was uh, just a panic attack that sort of just set in just out of nowhere, just randomly out of nowhere. Uh, as I was sitting there eating some, eating some food, you know, went to the hospital or whatever. And that, you know, that's what they said. It's a panic attack. I, I you know, I calmed down, like I could actually breathe uh, again. And it happened probably two more times in my uh, in my life since then, but haven't had a, a panic attack in, in some years at this point. But it was just a culmination of, of the stresses of life and business just all coming together at the same time. Uh, and it, it was it was quite strange because it wasn't something that I wasn't even really actively like thinking about work. It was just like the end of the work day, you know, and I was just grabbing some dinner before I headed home. Uh, and it just sort of hit me out of out of nowhere. And it, and it happened, like I said, two or three times afterwards. And, you know, I, I, I get pretty emotional over things. Luckily, though, I've, I've been able to to keep that at bay. And, you know, one of them being, of course, like understanding you know, what I have control over in business and what I don't and what I have control over in life and what I don't, you know, so certainly if an organization like this was available to me back then, and I was just a privy to all of this stuff coming together, I mean, certainly could lean on an organization like WP up and, and, and get this, you know, sort of situated before it, uh, it got any more serious. People have different reactions to situations like the one that Matt experienced. It affects them in different ways, and the ways that they go about dealing with the aftermath can also be different. As you'll hear, Matt chose to seek help from the medical profession. He explains what they were able to offer him. I'm typically that hard-headed person who's just like, I'm not going to the doctor ever <laughs> for anything. Um, and the physical ailments of what was happening to me, like the shortness of breath and, and, and vision, blurry vision, that was all like pretty scary. That was like, okay, you can't mess around with this because I couldn't even control it. Like it was just like this thing that was happening to me. And it was just, I couldn't even like tell myself to calm down. Um, uh, so, you know, going to the hospital, they're going to the emergency room to, to get that looked at. Yeah, absolutely. I remember going to the doctors the next day <clears throat> or a couple days afterwards 
and uh, they, you know, the typical thing was like, well, hey, we can prescribe you some stuff. And I was like, no, nah, I, I know this is number, this is like first incident. I don't want to, to go down that path just yet. I want to be able to, you know, deal with this on my own terms. And, um, so, uh, you know, I, I hadn't ever, I never seeked any kind of medical attention afterwards. Um, I feel like with a balance of, like I said before, like knowing what I control and what I can't, uh, getting back into physical health, uh, you know, back then, cause it wasn't really top priority, uh, sort of really helped iron out some of that, uh, control, uh, of, of the problem. I got to wondering if there might be a connection between working at a computer all day and what Matt had experienced. Does sitting near a screen all day have an impact? And does the fact that our industry never stands still cause more stress than in other industries? Yeah, I can. I agree with all of those points. Um, you know, physical sort of being one of them for sure. Uh, for me, I mean, it's actually more uh, front-loaded for me where it's my own and I caused my own, I'm my own worst enemy in terms of like anxiety and stress. And especially back then, uh, when I was just kicking off the, the agency was like, how do I find more business? How do I, you know, do my pricing? How do I find better clients? How do I find bigger clients? Did I make the sale? Did I lose the sale? You know, payroll, you know, cause we had, uh, employees and it was very early on that we had employees. So payroll and, and cash flow was huge. Um, so for me, it's like, I'm always like, how do I get to the next step? And, uh, to your point of like, we're in this tech space and we're in the WordPress space and we see, you know, all these plugins doing really great and having these awesome business models or business, uh, ventures. <clears throat> we see all these agencies growing and hiring. And then you just sit back and you're like, God, I, you know, we're three people and we're trying to, you know, at the time sell a website more than $3,000. So you know, we, all of that, at least in my own context, is always something that is just like me pushing myself, right, to do better and to build the business. But it just, it's not something I was ever able really to turn off in the early days. Like I couldn't just, okay, I'm home, I'm done. Uh, you know, I don't even think Netflix was around back then, but it's like, you know, if I sit down and watch a Netflix show and just shut off from business. Um, that was something that was just, I would just be up. 24-7, just thinking and doing and working. We live in a world that's never been as connected as it is now. We get up, check our emails, then Facebook messages from friends. Maybe Slack messages are in the mix too. We're doing this on our commute, in our beds, walking down the street. It's now possible to literally be connected to the internet and work every waking moment. To some people, it's important to be available all the time. But then again, maybe we need some downtime. It's something that I'm always like thinking of. Uh, it's this constant, uh, I don't even know, like mindset or dimension <laughs> that we're in. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, I'm always trying to be like cognizant of, like I see this stuff like, you know, very popular in the US is Gary Vaynerchuk and hustle and work hard. And he sort of he sort of reframed that a little bit. So people aren't so um, on edge uh, when it comes to like his advice. Um, but 
all of these little signals are constantly firing at you, whether or not you're consuming that content or not. If you're just scrolling, if you're doing the mindless scroll on face on like Instagram or YouTube, um, it's your, your brain <clears throat> still registers it and you're still somehow affected by it. Cause you're like, there's another Gary V post, you know, there's another, you know, insert your favorite business person who's making, you know, 10 X more money than you. And it's just, you're saying you're not looking at it, but it's firing some synapse to let you know that it's still there. At the same time, I, it's a double-edged sword because I like you have this love-hate relationship with social media. It's like you kind of need to be on it to stay relevant and to find new customers. Um, there is a little bit of it gives some ambition to 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 see what others are doing. Be like, wow, that's a great idea. I think I can. I think I can do that, or I think I can do that better. Or have a little twist on it. So. It's like one of these things that we just have to use with caution, I guess. And and the human race still hasn't been able, like this is brand new stuff, people. <laughs> like no, no one knows how to deal with this yet. It's only been out for five years. In my own life, I know that I've been guilty of allowing my phone to rule it. And I know that many people are the same. I don't really know how we all allowed our phones to become so integral to our lives. But last year, I made a decision that I was at least going to exert some influence over how my phone ruled my life. I turned off all notifications, all of them, no exceptions. This has worked well for me, but I wanted to know if this would be desirable for Matt. To a degree, you know, I, I did shut off like uh, the the instant uh, notifications on on all the social platforms, but that's because I was just more, <laughs> more bothered by the phone vibrating and, 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 and making noise like all the time. Um, it's not something I've been able to fully control because I don't know. I just feel like in the world that I live in, I do need alerts from people, you know, whether or not it's like I, you know, somebody reaching out cause they want to, you know, I don't know, talk about a new product that they're launching and it's sort of breaking news ish, uh, a new sales lead comes in. So I kind of need to be, you know, cognizant of that. You know, I, I haven't gone to that extent. Um, there are some people that are really, really good at that, shutting everything off, time boxing their emails. Like I'll send people emails and they're like, well, we don't, I don't. And then the autoresponder comes back. I don't respond until three o'clock. And I'm just like, geez, okay. Like I, I get it. I totally get it. But I they recently just had a meeting with somebody the other day who shuts off all of the notifications and does the time box thing with the and, and I'm trying to notify them that I need to be 15 minutes early to my next meeting. And I tried them on Twitter. I tried them on email and I tried them, I think on Skype. And I just got these, you know, time blocks in all of these channels. I'm like, all right, well, I kind of need to talk to you <laughs> about something. <laughs> I moved the conversation along and asked Matt if working alone was something that he likes to do, or if he prefers to work in the same space as other people. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, physically alone all the time, right? And, you know, and uh, in a even in a, a small company, it's still, you know, thinking back about a decade ago when I started the agency, I mean, there was like three or four of us. It's, you know, you're still it's not like you're surrounded by a, a squad of, of, of people all the time. And even at Pagely where I am now, we're, we're, you know, just over 50 people. It's, um, you know, we're all remote. It's still all, you know, disconnected 
uh, to a degree. So, um, you know, it's it's still in our own, we're still in our own thoughts and our own head. I need to get up and move around during the day. Just spending some time not looking at the screen. I asked Matt if this was something that he was mindful of too. Exiting the screen is is one that is virtually impossible for me and, and one that doesn't really bother me so much. Um, and maybe it's different for other people. Um, I can say that, so I'm up, up in my, uh, my converted attic into office, thir- third floor of my house. So um, my kids are downstairs. My wife is home. She only works uh, 24 hours a week as an ICU nurse. So we're able to sort of transition uh, fairly easily. But if it's too noisy in the house, and I can't focus, or I'm just sick of being in this room <laughs> for for days on end. You know, the simple thing is just go to the coffee shop. The weather's getting better now, so you'll be able to sit outside. Um, I do have a membership at a local uh, co-working space, um, which helps tremendously when you just want to be around other people <laughs> and just like hear other conversations happening. And it just sort of is a it's like a, a white noise effect to just know that there's other people around. And, uh, you know, my, my children are young and I haven't been able to be as physically active, uh, over the last couple of years, but I am kickstarting that again. Um, so I've, you know, gone to the gym already four times, uh, in the last uh, week and a half ish, which is pretty good for where I've been the last couple of years. So starting to break up, I, I don't have a particular routine, um, you know, as a content creator slash salesperson slash podcaster, everything is sort of dynamic. There's there's not a, a typical routine that I can fall into because I'm beholden to uh, sales calls and that's at the client's, at the will of the client. Um, and then within those pockets of time is where I'm creating content. So, uh, so I can dive in and do a YouTube video or dive in over here and do an audio podcast, that kind of thing. Matt has a very eclectic work life. He juggles many different balls at the same time. I know that some people thrive on doing multiple tasks, whereas others do not. Matt creates lots of content, especially on YouTube, and I wanted to know if his schedule was carefully planned, or does he thrive better just fitting his work in the little spaces that he has in his calendar? That's exactly you know how it goes. I'm I'm jealous of of folks like you because I've been on your other podcast and now of course this one and I see how prepared you are and you have templates and forms <laughs> and and I am quite the opposite um, because I'm, I'm always changing that and I'm always like, hey, if I built this template, I would just, I would be sick of it in a couple of weeks and I'd be changing it again. So I just find it better to say, here's my calendar link, let's connect and we'll just talk when we get on a show. Although Matt likes to work on the spur of the moment, A few years ago, he decided to take on a position at Pagely. Perhaps this was to add a little security and predictability into his work life. There was a huge decision factor in joining Pagely. So about, well, geez, it's been about two, almost two and a half years now at this point. But when I sort of stepped out of my day-to-day role at the agency, just still running. My father still runs it. Uh, the team is still there. Agency life was pretty difficult right around the last U.S. Uh, presidential election. And whether it was because of 
the election or the economy, things were getting pretty tight in uh, website sales and general internet marketing. There's a lot of stress. And it was, again, the same things. It's payroll. You're only as good as your last project, right? In agency world, right? You only have so much runway. You only have so much business booked out. And it was just like, I, was, I had my I had my youngest. We were about to have our second. And I was just like, yeah, I need something that is going to be much more stable and something that I can really thrive at. And the opportunity at Pagely was, was perfect for that. For, for where I was and still am, you know, in life. So uh, that was a huge factor. Freelance work can be enormously rewarding. When times are good, you are the one that made it happen. But of course, the reverse is also true. When times are hard, there might not be anyone there to share that worry with you. The freelance, I'd say if you're like freelancer or even like boutique shop, like is where what I would categorize uh, Slocum, our, our agency. It's very much like blogging, right? So if you if you read anything about you know how to be a better blogger, it's always about you make one blog post and you just promote the heck out of that ten times more than it's it took it takes you to actually write the content, right? And no different than if you're a freelancer, it's you have to do the project, but then promote yourself 10 times as much as you spent on the project or have a marketing wheel uh, so that people can can find you and you can sell to them and just, you know, have keep that uh, that that pipeline filled as much as you can or at least top of mind of prospects so that when the when the down season comes, which is generally the holiday season uh, for for agency space, you know, that that people are ready to hit the road with you. January one or or whatever, so that they know that you're available for hire. Uh, WP and up would be you know poised to 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 have talks and have discussions, you know, around someone's a healthy business, right? A healthy mind and a, and a healthy business, and you know, diversifying yourself, uh, diversifying the business. You know, one of the things that really kept the business afloat, which is sort of something that is. Um, uh, forbidden is not the right word, but leave a, a lot of distaste in, in a lot of uh, freelancers is is hosting, right? And hosting for the small customer. I mean, hosting or maintenance contracts, however you want to spin it. I mean, if you are selling to smaller website or building out smaller websites for smaller customers, mom and pop shots, people that aren't doing, you know, heck, even tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of page views, yeah, you could probably host it for them and have a maintenance agreement with them. And that recurring revenue will really keep you afloat. And that's just one idea. But, you know, having a healthy, diversified business will help you get through those those downturns, which is generally, like I said, the holiday season. And with, with that recurring revenue, um, it's not as stressful. We work in one of the most wonderful industries in the world. It's constantly evolving. And the things which were true last year might not be true next year. Ways of doing our work change all the time. Perhaps, though, this is also one of the biggest downsides of working with technology. We're always having to learn anew, keep ourselves updated lest we stagnate and become a relic. I know that this is an area that Matt thinks a lot about, so I asked him to just share his thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts around around this topic. Um, you know, from a mindset perspective, this this was one that was very difficult for me 
to really get a grasp around in my first few years of of being in the digital space, right? And um, even before starting the WordPress agency, but really understanding that we we ultimately don't have control over any of this stuff. So let's just come to terms with that right now, right? Like, it, which was difficult for me to learn in the beginning. So what do I mean by that? Some examples were, hey, seeing other agencies or other developers win projects that, you know, I was bidding against <clears throat> or bidding for. And just like, how did they get that? Oh, they're they're part of the WordPress community already. They, they're known, they're, they have connections, they have an in. And then it became hey, let's get into the theme space. And we started building out themes and putting themes up in WordPress.org. And then, you know, we'd see we'd see ours get denied, but others get approved. And I'm looking at it going, it's the same thing. Why are we, why are we getting, oh, they're a, they're a well-known author. They have connections to the community. And that's this is how. So kind of understanding that, look, I, I don't have control over all of this stuff. And I need to come to terms with that and understand that it can change on a dime. It could change overnight. It could change in an hour. It could change in a year. And just me understanding, I like to say that, you know, I like agency space because to me, it's sort of a game where the rules are just stay in bounds and I can do anything in the middle, <laughs> you know, and, and no one is going to, so long as I don't go out of bounds, I can, I can try to, you know, move the ball to use a sports analogy. I can move the ball down the field. However I see fit businesses like that too. It's not just the WordPress space. I always see it as a game where it can, it can change, but I can still do whatever I want to push forward. So that's like sort of step, you know, number one in the WordPress space more specifically and any business, I guess too, it's, it's, there will always be the ups and the downs. I'm sure that there's a, a real scientific term for this or a real like uh, theory uh, around this, but we have a roller coaster ride is how I would put it. And it's always up and down. And I think now we're, what we're, what we're about to see is we're going to go back up. Like we went down this, this last, these last couple of years in terms of agency work and, and even themes and, and plugin products. Uh, the, the adoption or the rollout of, of Gutenberg really caused like this down but I think now the we're going to start to see the upswing. We're about to see what new opportunities you know lie ahead. Out of all of this chaos, will come you know the new thing that folks are are going to latch onto in the WordPress space. With that said, I'm always I always know that it can change, and I'm always looking at you know what's the one degree away from WordPress that I either can pivot to, or that I should be learning about, or that I you know should keep. A finger on the pulse of uh, in the event WordPress.org ceases to exist. It's a that's a tall order. <laughs> that's certainly a tall order, but you just never know what could happen. As we learned, Pagely is a distributed team of roughly 50 people. In a company of that size, it's likely that the staff will need to take time off unexpectedly. I know that Matt's had a very varied work history. And I asked him, next, if working for an employer had enabled him to worry less about some of the unpredictabilities that life can throw at you. I've gone through a pretty interesting career uh, over, I think I'm, I think I'm about to be 38 in April. <laughs> and so I started in my family, family owned a car dealership. So I grew, grew up in sales, in business, in entrepreneurship, literally all my life. So I went from, you know, doing every job you can 
imagine at a car dealership from picking up trash around the lot to selling cars. And then as I got older, I went to college and I was just like, I'm out of the family business. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. And I went, uh, went to college and found a job at in sales at a retailer called Circuit City, which was an electronic sales department store in the US. At the time where, like, if you went to buy a laptop, the laptop was like $4,000, right? I mean, it's like, you know, towers were massive, monitors were massive. That was just, it was just like a totally different, it was a total three, uh, 180 uh, from family owned dealership to a big corporate department store, right? And what those stresses were like. And then as I finished university, I went to uh, a local internet service provider and I started from a support rep all the way up to a product uh, manager. And it was just, it was a tech, tech scene, you know, tech was booming. This is like early 2000s or late 90s, early 2000s. So tech was booming and then tech dropped <laughs> and then it was three owners in this tech business and it just became, literally became a violent place to work at. There was just fights all the time with the, with the partners. So I've seen it all. And then I started my own agency and, and went through those uh, ups and downs and those stresses. Pagely has been a warm blanket, <laughs> you know, compared to things that I have seen. And they will definitely, uh, when I had my, my, my kids, you know, Josh was like, I don't want to see you around here for a couple months. Like, don't even check in. I don't want to see your, your name pop up in Slack. Take a couple, take a couple months off and, and do whatever. And if you need more, just, just let us know. You know, we've had some people in the organization just take time off because, you know, they, they too were just getting, you know, burned out of, of the workload and, and the stress that comes with supporting customers and, and technology. And they, you know, they are gracious with mental health. It's, it's sort of top of line every time we have our stand-up meeting, which is today, every Tuesday. We often talk about the WordPress community and I, for one, love being part of it. Matt next spoke about his thoughts on where the WordPress community's going. One of the things he wants to see is more local events something in between a WordPress meetup and a WordCamp. All right, so I recently spoke at an event called Nerd Summit, Nerd, N-E-R-D, um, and this was something that, it's in Western Mass, it's, it's the only conference happens in, in Western Massachusetts in the US, and um, it spawned from a Drupal meetup. So I don't know if we can say Drupal on a WordPress-centric <laughs> WordPress, uh, podcast, but um, they were a, a bunch of folks that it was always about Drupal and they said, you know what, people are using other technologies, other coding, there's other like, APIs and services that are connecting up to Drupal. We need to kind of talk about marketing too, to help people who are developers and agencies get more business. So they sort of, uh, umbrella that with calling it the nerd summit. Uh, and they do it once a year, very much like a word camp, but for just generalized technology. And it, it sort of made me think that there's there's a lot of WordPress meetups around the world. And, you know, these types of things, websites like meetup.com and heck, even Facebook groups and things like that, people can be empowered to set up these social meetups, these social conferences, call it whatever you want. But I like to use technology for this purpose where we can grow awareness, connect a bunch of people together and say, we're going to be here this weekend. You know, everybody come here and let's meet in person and take this discussion, quote unquote, offline and discover new 
just new ideas and discover people that are probably literally right down the street from you that you had no idea was a WordPress developer or a Drupal developer or whatever. I'm really interested in the years to come for WordPress to see how this, this portion of the WordPress community evolves. And can people spin up more of these bigger sized for a cheap 50 cent word, <laughs> a bigger sized version of a meetup that's not as big as a WordCamp, but has more meat to it where people can go and experience it for like, you know, a day, a full day or something like that. There's probably another professor or doctor out here that has come up with this theory <laughs> in this scientific study. Uh, but I'm a huge believer in sort of here we are in 2019, the general internet user, the general internet consumer has now been conditioned to understand what social media has done. And it has you know, aside from like the vanity stuff and the celebrity stuff, it has connected people in a sense where people can get it now. So here's an example. I started a local podcast for my local area, right? Just for, I'm in the South coast of Massachusetts. It's an hour South of Boston. And so I just, you know, doing a podcast like I do with the Matt report, but just for my area, had I done this at the same time I launched Matt report, which was like seven years ago, people would have been like, what's a podcast? You know, like <laughs> my local area, the, the, you know, the people around here, the business people um, who are, you know, maybe the, the demographic is, is older than us. They would have been like, I don't even, I don't even know what that is. How do I even get that? But fast forward to 2019, I can now launch a podcast and people are like, oh, cool. I get it. I can subscribe to this. I understand. And I've actually seen a lot of people winning with not to go too far off the track, but with like membership sites that are like trying to sell pro like digital product for $97, you know, uh, here and there for these courses and they're pitching it online where everyone is. I've seen them take that offline and pitch the same product for $400 because they're in a room with everyone and they're, they're, they're pitching that. I, they're pitching that course. They're giving out a talk or, or a seminar about whatever topic it is. And people, the people in the audience, the, the potential customer, like it's not foreign to them to go to a website now, drop in a credit card and pay for information. Like, you know, it's, it's people have been conditioned to understand. It sounds crazy. Oh, this person is a consultant. They have a, an online course I can go buy. I'm going to do that because I understand all of this. And no, oh, by the way, it's connected to my Apple Pay. So I just go to their website, swipe my thumb, you know, and I've bought their I've bought their course. I'm a huge believer in that. And this technology, while it's still in its infancy, people are catching on to this stuff. We shouldn't stress ourselves out about constantly trying to find this big audience on the internet when it could be right in front of you, no matter what town city suburb you live in you know you can make an impact locally using the technology online if you've experienced any of the issues raised during this podcast then you should know that wp and op is here to help you visit wp and op.org or call plus four four two zero three three two two one zero eight zero the Press Forward podcast is brought to you today by Green Geeks. Green Geeks offers a specially engineered platform that gives WordPress users web hosting that is designed to be the fastest, most secure and scalable hosting available in multiple data centers. 
Their WordPress hosting makes deploying and managing WordPress websites easy with automatic one-click install, managed updates, real-time security protection, SSD RAID 10 storage arrays, power cacher, and expert 24-7 support to make for the best web hosting experience. And we thank Green Geeks for their support of the Press Forward podcast. Right, that's it for this week. Please let us know if you're enjoying this podcast. Perhaps you're finding it useful or helpful. Remember, there's a serious point to all of this, though, and that is that WPNOP is here to provide help and support. That help is available for you or people you know and can be easily accessed at the wpandop.org website. Please spread the word about this new podcast. Tell your friends and subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast player. So until next time, hashtag press forward. Press forward.